When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the cinema, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. And today we're walking to a film festival. Yes. <laughs> exciting. We Pause don't, for excitement. We don't do that very often. Um, so we have now moved back to Cork, the city where we're from. And um, every year there is the Cork International Film Festival in November. It's the biggest film festival in Ireland. And you're on the board. I'm on the board of directors as a volunteer, um, and I know how much work goes into the festival, so I'm really proud we're going tonight. And we're even prouder to go to it because it's being opened by an Irish film uh, called Aisha, which we're really excited to watch by the Irish director Frank Berry and starring Natisha Wright and uh, Josh O'Connor. So yeah, we're really thrilled. Yeah, this in the, or- the Cork Opera House. This Huge movie screen. is supposed to be excellent. I'm quite excited about it. Same. It's about a. Um, kind of about direct provision I think isn't it yeah it's about yeah, a woman yeah. in the direct provision system we'll explain more of that after um, after we've seen the film because we're kind of in a rush to go and watch it now but yeah we're really excited and to see it I've never seen a film in the Cork Opera House um no I don't think I have either I saw, I've seen Peppa Pig live with you <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and our kids the last thing Do we not saw recommend. there was um, Peppa Pig live and yeah. Uh, yeah it's all uphill from there really Jesus yeah that was bad it was bad uh, in the dark times in our it life. wasn't even there, there were people dressed up all in like black and they had like Peppa Pig cardboard cutouts in front of them and they would like and they were like maneuvering them like puppets. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Peppa Pig, um, which is genuinely one of the worst shows uh, ever created. Um, so I don't know what else to say. The Cork Film Festival is on. If you're in Cork, um, yes, please. it's on for the next. So as of Ten when days. this episode comes out, it will be on for the next nine days. So go check it out if you're in Cork. It's raining, so it's raining. Perfect cinema yeah, so weather. What else would you do? And um, if you can't get to the Cork Film Festival, Aisha's also going to go on Sky Cinema, so you can watch it there and then listen to us reviewed after we've watched it. Yes. Right. Let's go watch it. We'll be back. Bye. Aisha, you're saying that your life would be in danger if you were to return to Nigeria. Yes. I have no place to go. Wait outside, please. 
Move. You have failed to report to the Guard of National Immigration. Take it easy. Hold on. Take it easy. Take it easy. Please, please, Jesus, no child. Didn't know we doing stuff like that. Do you live in the city? Yeah, I live me, ma. Just for now. Just be normal. Why do you look so stressed? What led you to seek protection? You want me to say more? If you can. I just ask so much questions. Aisha, there's a letter there for you. Where is this? You can't move me. I have my job here. My solicitor is here. I'm sorry. Hi, we're back. Uh, we have seen Aisha. And if it's your first time on the Cinemile, this is a podcast where we don't spoil things until we do. And that will happen on Spoiler Street, naturally. Uh, which we'll be turning into uh, shortly enough. But before that... Let's tell all the good folks, Cathy, what we thought of Aisha. What do you think? Yeah, so I knew it was going to be a serious movie and I knew it was going to be a good movie because obviously, like, you don't open up a film festival opening night unless the movie's really good. Uh, but I don't think I was quite prepared for how the movie would make me feel and how wonderful the movie is. Um, like, there was, like, silence in the room, like, kind of, before everyone clapped it had that kind of effect on the room um, Letitia Wright's amazing obviously yeah. she's like better known for Black Panther which she's currently in um, and Josh O'Connor's apparently played Prince Charles in The Crown which I, is hilarious to us I'm not familiar film, with him I've never seen him I've in never seen anything him. and he, he was also excellent he's excellent My he's God, English these two are brilliant and his Dublin accent was like unreal so anyway they're amazing they have the best chemistry but more importantly the film just really matters like the director spent five years making it between meeting people who were in direct vision writing it getting it all shot kind of off the back of the pandemic and um now sorry you, you did promise we would explain what direct provision is considering a lot of our listeners might know i will explain yeah and um, before i explain do you want to say what, like anyway my overall reaction of the movie while you is, frantically pull your i'm still trying to like I'm still trying to pull myself together after the movie and kind of even talk about it because I found it that powerful. But um, I agree. It's, it's a brilliant. It's like it's truly astonishing film. Like it's the kind of film that every filmmaker should aspire to make because it's genuinely capturing in real time one of the uh, most cruel policies in Ireland that exists and spotlighting the stories of people who exist in that cruelty and that is just like who else you know how, how few filmmakers actually get to do that and get it on the big screen yeah I thought um, Frank Berry has done an incredible job here he wrote and directed it like you said spent five years um, with people who have who are in or have been through the direct provision system in Ireland which Cathy's going to explain in a second um, and, it, and it shows there's an authenticity and a um, a very uh, there's there's a sense of care that has been provided to the to the stories that are presented to us, um, and there's a legitimacy and an authenticity that that just just carries. But what's also what he what he doesn't leave behind is the emotion, and I think that is you know this is what is presented to us is a very uncaring system, mm-hmm. um, and he cuts through all that red tape so beautifully and so effectively with this central character Aisha and it is a beautiful performance from Letitia Wright he cuts through all that and just and shows us a person yeah. a single person at the centre of this that you can relate to that you empathise with that your heart breaks for yeah. you are you're rooting for her you are rooting for her 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 
six uh, her joy um fills you with joy the audience her defeats are you feel them in your in your gut yeah i wanted this woman to succeed and find happiness so much as as i did the other character josh o'connor the two of them are extraordinary together they are a they had such natural chemistry what i really appreciated as well is that they're two characters who are quiet and Mm -hmm introverted for various reasons which we won't you know go into before spoiler street but they're not they're they're there's a tenderness and a gentleness to them and their sort of um, emerging friendship which is so beautifully conveyed and like you said this is a movie that really matters and mm-hmm. um, I hadn't seen anything by Frank Berry before but I think he's, he's done an incredible job here and it's really hard it's, to take a subject matter like this and make a film that Obviously, while large chunks of it are sad, it's not a miserable film. No, that is like really difficult to strike that tone, right? Of like, there's there's moments of joy in it. It it's really sparse, it's and honest. by that I mean like there's there's a lot of silent moments. There's like is a lot of just close ups and like quite grimy areas. Like there's not much. There's like maybe one kind of vista view of Ireland. Like it's almost the exact opposite of the Banshees of Inisherin and visually in terms of how much landscape that film showed us. And this is just so often just zoomed in on Atisha Wright giving this like incredible performance, and it's so stripped back as a film. And I, I think that's so hard to do when you spend five years making something. Imagine trying to figure out what you're even going to cover. There are a, a few shots of the Irish countryside, very few. But I found them unbearably sad because she is a, she's almost a prisoner in this. What's, what's so awful about this direct provision is that. And you're still promising to explain oh, it. God, I mean, it's going to happen in a second. But but yeah. it's it's these 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 people are kind of relatively free to roam around our country um, as they see fit. But they cannot work. Um, they cannot earn, with with some minor exceptions. They cannot um, get accommodation. They are in you know. Um, Kimmy, I'll just explain what it is, and you're not quite right when so you say prison, free. So you're not you're not right when you say free to roam around as they see fit. That's not true to some extent well what I mean is that she is but you've she's getting buses around this country what, what, what I'm coming back to is that I felt a deep sadness watching her in this like massive these roaming hills of, of our, uh, the countryside in Ireland and she is not really allowed to partake in it do you yeah, know what I mean exactly. but she's there and it's this awful limbo and which is exactly what this system is, is. And basically it's, she's what in it, it is, for is, years it's, it's, a, it's tragic it's like I'm, I'm just kind of reading something from Duras which is a really good website and we're going to link to it in the show notes just to explain it properly because I even found it very complex to understand but it's Ireland's reception system for asylum seekers um, and it's known as direct provision and under the direct provision system people are accommodated across the country in communal institutional centres formal hotel style settings and the vast majority of the centres and this is what the utter scandal of it is well one of the many it's managed for a for profit profit, uh, basis by private contractors it's one of the cruelest things the Irish government has ever done it was set up as a short term measure in the year 2000 and it still remains today albeit they claim it's winding down by 2024 Um, it's intended to provide for the basic needs of people who are awaiting decisions on their applications for internal protection but many applicants experience lengthy stays, which is associated with obviously declining physical and mental health, self-esteem and skills. What this film captures is that people can be stuck in this system like four years and all they're waiting for is approval on whether or not they can stay in the country. Apparently there's more than 7,000 people living in direct provision at the moment in Ireland. Um, 
so the fact that this film is like airing now as direct revision still exists and that it's fiction and that it's like in cinemas and on Sky is just an incredible thing because it makes it a very important film to raise awareness about what is a very deeply flawed and broken system it's being run as a as a business and I think that's one of the uh, you know there's a few moments in this film that really highlight the impact of um, an organ of of small local sort of organizations or individuals who are running these centers for profit, profit. and, and they and the lo- and the, what who suffers is are the people uh, staying in it because they are cutting costs wherever possible on um, food uh, and it's just services. so weird how the Irish government also outsources a lot of stuff around homelessness uh, for to poor, for profit organizations the Irish government wastes so much money uh, for people who profiteer off the sadness of others it's an utter disgrace yeah. and um, anyway we're going to link link more information for people who want to read more about it but uh, on to more positive notes we're going to go into Spoiler Street now on the movie and talk about all the wonderful kind of elements of the movie as well as the sad elements so but we're be- going to go but before we do yeah. please do find this film and watch it and support it uh, as Cathy said it's on Sky Cinema um, it is well worth your time I know this sounds very um, you know weighty and lofty subject matter but as Cathy said you will be absolutely gripped there are people at the at the centre of this both real people who, whose stories do feature in this movie but also a character who represents them I think very effectively who you will fall in love with Yeah. and there is joy to be found in here as well yeah, so absolutely. please do find it and also to see like like people who are so famous for like Black Panther and like The Crown which are just huge huge properties to see them in this like really stripped back simple film simple but extremely complex at the same time is brilliant and I love to see like two actors like that just completely moving out of the big budget stuff and into this kind of stuff is awesome yeah uh, so right spoiler streets now for Aisha right so I am um, what <laughs> I mean I don't know what to talk about we talk about the end because uh, yeah, I, I think we need to talk about I thought the about, end was perfect I thought the, I thought the end was absolutely perfect because throughout the film like it's only 90 minutes as well which is a lovely length for a film like this and um, you're kind of watching it like she she keeps hitting different setbacks so she ends up being moved accommodations three times which is apparently really common and really sadly like she has a job and a life you know when we meet her and she just gets yanked out of it like that and then she has no recourse and like she says multiple times throughout the film and other people say too like I actually just want to work and like yeah, I, she doesn't want to be I don't want a handout I don't want anything for free I just want to work yeah, yeah she wants to contribute to society and, she, which, and it which takes I, apparently I like you can't do that until you've already she says something like you can't do that until you've been in the country nine months you can't even get like a work permit and even then they appear to be rare according yeah. to the film right um, so anyway she gets she gets moved three times which is awful she, she has to continually like what's really fucked up about it is she seems to have to like continually relive her trauma relive her trauma by yeah. telling these Irish uh, bureaucrats over and over again why it's unsafe for her to return to Nigeria and like at one point her mother gets murdered back in Nigeria oh, because the family stop. is unsafe and they still don't grant her now, asylum now I, w- I will say what, what I did appreciate is that Frank Berry didn't um didn't go what could have been a tempting route to portray some of these Irish the people playing these Irish bureaucrats as sort of you know uncaring monsters what I did appreciate is that they were like uncaring but they weren't monsters 
Yes, but the system is the the monster here, yeah. and there and there are individuals in the, in those roles who are perpetrate perpetuating this system and keeping it afloat. But I thought those performances from those actors indicated some, you know, emo- you know, they, they they weren't villains. They were they, they indicated some emotional, um, em- some empathy towards her, but were still part of the system that was rejecting her consistently and they were the decision makers and so, but really- that's a, it's a very conflicted thing which I I thought he expertly uh, he and those actors expertly portrayed that, that nuance and they keep pushing her like tell us they basically are saying tell us vivid details of the trauma oh, you experienced yeah. they're like tell us your story and I love that scene where she because she often doesn't talk that much actually but the scene where she's like it's not my story it's what happened to me and she still only gives them a few lines of explanation because you know, too right. Like she's experienced such trauma. Why should she have to relive it in their gory details? They appear to be looking for. Yeah. And like they, at this point, know her mother's died um, a violent death, and she like still doesn't get it. But what I we we're talking about the ending of the film is like when you're watching it, we're like, well, if she just if she gets granted it now, it feels like too happy an ending when you're representing a system that leaves people in limbo for so many years. And she's and now I say in inverted commas only been in it for two years. And then if she got fully rejected and had to leave the country, it would be an awful end for the audience. Well, yes, because the either either way, the, the so if if you present the happy ending, then you undercut the message of the film exactly. because she has she has succeeded. Even though you said like she's had two awful years, and, and before that with her family. So but. what what I did appreciate, I did, I think the ending was perfect. Yeah, yeah. because he because he he leaves us some hope. Yeah, because uh, they say there's this, a hopeful this decision can be appealed in the high court. But and like th- God knows how long that will take. But there's also he leaves you feeling that that uncertainty that she has been feeling for two years. Every time she gets a letter, my yeah. heart was breaking because you just know it's going to be rejected. So he leaves you with the uncertainty that she could be in this f- situation for two more years, three more years, for like for indefinitely. Like and that long, even in like even in like say quote unquote regular life, appealing something in the high court would take forever for yeah. someone even with large resources at their fingertips. And it's so sad for her when she's so frustrated because anytime she tries to express frustration, there's this like fear overlying it, which underlying it, which is like, oh well, you have to be a good girl now. Oh yeah, you have like, to get along with she, the system. She gets described as insubordinate because for... she wants halal food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come and like on. I love that scene where the she says there's no halal food here to eat, and the most evil character in it. The penny pinching bastard who runs one of the centres. He says he was an out and out villain. He says this is halal, and she's like, but "You've never shown me a certificate yeah. to prove it's halal." And she's like, "He's cutting corners," and then he basically gets rid of her. And uh, yeah, that. And I actually think the living conditions portrayed in this film were actually favourable to compare to what I believe some direct vision living conditions are. Um, but it got because it went from her being in a room with the family she really loved at the beginning of the movie to being kind of like kicked out of even the mobile home she was living in by the end yeah and like when her mother died and she was like Letitia Wright was so incredible in that scene I was like god she's no one to turn to like she she had no support system so that's why her friendship with Josh O'Connor's character was so sweet because they're like these two really kind of tortured characters who are both actually incredibly sweet and lovely and they kind of come together and like find each other and it's just I thought that it, was the lovely part of the movie. I thought it was really. Um, it was, I think it was a very, very clever way he wrote that uh, Josh O'Connor's character, in that he is also a victim, 
and their yeah. friendship because I think there could have been um, an, an, a, an uncomfortable power dynamic or one that the audience could have perceived I had the same thought if yeah. he was this sort of just really nice and well-meaning but very sort of charming and extroverted guy yeah. I mean there was, there is an easy implication there, or there, it would be easy to look at a relationship like that and think that man is taking advantage of her yeah um, but there is never any sense of that because no. they feel like two kindred spirits who have exp- both experienced trauma in their life and I think the way that there are a few moments where of just from that very early moment of him offering to get her the halal food you know he shows compassion from the very beginning and that I think is the key message of this movie is that human beings deserve compassion Mm -hmm. and she is getting that from him because he needed it too yeah and the system that she is going through is completely devoid of compassion and yet it is constantly trying to manipulate her into expressing an emotional story that is kind of none of their business in 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 one way right yeah um yeah and this is one scene in the film there's like one properly light-hearted scene in the film and it lifted the whole piece for me because you know it does get you down watching a film like this and especially in Ireland because I feel like guilty by association even though we've not even lived here we've not even uh, like elected the current government I felt guilty but I felt guilty just sitting there and there's this scene where they're just waiting at a bus stop and it's actually the poster for the movie and they're just she's just telling him like kind of how like certain phrases are in Nigerian versus in Irish English and um it's just so fun and it's just this lovely sweet moment and then like I love the moment we're in the bus station together and he says like can I give you a kiss and they've like the tiniest little peck but it's so sweet and when she takes a picture of him and she's just like looking it on her phone like there's just lovely little moments it's a, like it's that it's such a lovely chaste kind of relationship yeah. but the the other thing um, the other thing that just devastated me um, was when he kind of puts his heart on the line to her in that in that mobile home and she says, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of, I can't be with you. I have no future. I have no... Like, she feel, she has no life, and she is in... And she had just tried to... Like, she's injured because she just tried to walk in front of her. Oh, that was yeah. awful. And, 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 yeah, she just hasn't... Just, how are you supposed to live like that when you have no prospects, no quality of life, and every... Thing that was important to her is being systematically stripped away and as yeah. soon as you build up a routine and some prospects that gets taken away she is powerless she is helpless and then um, there's some sort of like assumption that she should like feel grateful for yeah. the accommodation and stuff and she's like but I don't even I just want to work and like she would just want to work and live in her own place like she doesn't want to live here do you, do you know what the this movie pairs really well and it's interesting they came out in the same year or we saw them in the same year with the other movie Flea the animated oh, documentary yeah, that was incredible which portrays the um, the journey um, of an asylum seeker a lot more this is more about the destination the ultimate destination of an asylum seeker yeah. in Ireland but I think those two movies if you could show those two movies to everybody in the world to uh, particularly people who are um, say the word racist or sceptical towards refugees and immigration and asylum seekers because there is a lot of that in 
that uh, in the media they're too often referred to by statistics or as as the other or a threat. Mm-hmm. If you could show those two movies which present the human beneath, um, I think the world would be a kinder place. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I hope loads of people see this film. Um, I'm so proud that like the Cork Film Festival showed it as the opening movie, and um, I'm so proud of someone who used to work in Sky that like they're they've released it. Um, but yeah, wow! Like I mean. I don't think we should talk about it too much more because like, no. we've kind of said all we want to say about it. If you haven't seen it, just please. Yeah, and please I, like honestly, it. I'd say it's one of the best films I've seen in years. Like, if that's high enough praise for our listeners, and I just like finding it even just hard to talk about because it's just a movie that you should watch. Um, and like you're like, this is what cinema is f- actually for. Like, cinema is there to obviously entertain and delight, but it's also to reflect reflect stories that are worth being shown on screen and that are worthy of us seeing. And this is where particularly, I think, fiction, narrative fiction and film is really powerful because you can see it in a setting like that and it can be easier for you to digest because, you know, there is some lightness in here because it is fiction. Yeah. And uh, I just, I'm so happy that it came out now because, you know, there's often these things are done after um, something has been quote-unquote fixed and the film could yes. end on yeah, yeah, yeah. oh and direct provision was abolished 10 years ago and aren't we great and well, it's like well no Ireland actually it's well, still underway I'll, I'll give you an, an, ex- uh, uh, an exact example of what you're describing also in Irish history you know the Magdalene laundries um, yeah and th- those things those are, are always wrapped with oh well it's all sorted now wouldn't know what like well they've been you know the, the horrors have been well documented there in, in you know both um the media and uh, through um, fiction, mm-hmm. but the but yeah, always you know this is decades after the fact. Yeah, in most cases. So yeah, no, you're dead right. Yeah, um, and I hope everyone in the action, Irish government's forced to watch it. Yeah, action can be taken now. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, on that note, let us know what you think of Aisha. If you caught it, um, there are it is in select cinema, so you may actually catch it in the big screen. If not, obviously you can watch it on Sky Cinema. Um, if you're outside of the UK and Ireland I hope you can watch it somewhere I'm not sure where it's being released um, and yeah that's it from us you can talk to us about it or about anything else yeah we're at the the Cinemile on if Twitter still exists by the time you're listening to this we made that joke last time then we're like, yeah but now now it's legitimately <laughs> feels <laughs> like it actually it was <laughs> a bit of a joke tired. last week and now it's like is it going to be here next week I don't know if not um, we've, re- we've not at all panicked but we've just gone off and made ourselves a letterbox which just turns yeah. out a platform we should have been on because it's so fun so yeah it turns out it's a, it's a movie social network we right? were on, um, we on letterbox we were on Mastodon yeah, but I forget the. But we master. don't know what to do there. Kathy said of a mastodon and <laughs> doesn't know what to do with it or how to do it, and I'm not interested. So, and I mean, you could please go find us on mastodon. As always, we can just email us cinemile@gmail.com. The cinemile at gmail.com. Um, and thanks for listening. And next week we'll be back with another Irish film. No, I'm only messing. Yeah, Black Panther well. Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. The most Irish. I'm glad. I'm really glad that we got through a whole episode talking about Irish films and you didn't bring up Blackbird which well, I've been meaning to actually. is not an Irish film of course it's a Michael Flatley film <laughs> he is very loosely associated with our country of course when I said country. that uh, Aisha was one of the best films I've ever seen I meant like after Blackbird yeah naturally yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, right, thanks, okay thanks for listening everyone bye. bye I'm going to ask you a difficult question that's okay they must know everything we have do you want to talk about it
Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a Backstreet Boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.